away we go for a Maze Cast episode five, coming to you from the lair on March the twelfth. A cold Tuesday here in the middle of March as we uh, look down the uh, the gun barrel of NFL free agency. We're currently in the legal tampering period, and the new league year begins tomorrow. And there's already you know millions of rumors flying around there, and rumors that are very highly substantiated based on the sourcing that teams are already made a ton of moves. I love this tampering period. It's like one minute after the tampering period begins, deals are coming out. It's like, you know, these guys have been tampering for weeks. Let's, let's just be honest here and call it what it is. But anyway, they have to define it uh, within a certain, you know, uh, day period. I get all that, but it's, it's fun. It's an exciting time of year. We got the NCAA tournament coming up. Uh, you know, Villanova, Temple uh, looking to be in the tournament here locally. And I think Temple is a lock after that win over UCF, which was pretty impressive over the weekend. But we got the NCAA tournament. We got uh, the Players' Championship, which some call the fifth major in golf. I do not, but it's a great tournament nonetheless coming up this weekend. Uh, you know, the NBA and the NHL moving closer and closer to their playoffs. And, uh, you know, believe it or not, the Flyers have crawled back into the conversation over the last couple of weeks. They got 13 games to go. Uh, They are just three points out of a playoff spot right now. And I got to hand it to the interim coach, this Scott Gordon guy has done a pretty nice job. And, you know, so the Flyers are are sort of, you know, nudging their way into the conversation, Uh, even though, you know, not not a lot of us pay a lot of attention uh, to hockey, but I think you got to give some respect here to what the Flyers have done over the last couple of uh, weeks and months. Sixers, of course, you know, in, in the heat of it, uh, currently the three seed after beating Indiana over the weekend in kind of a weird game. Uh, you know, the first game back for Joel Embiid after after the uh, the load management. Uh, whatever you want to call it, his knee, his load managing, whatever. I don't know. I don't understand, you know, uh, the NBA. They're just giving these guys rest. I mean, Jimmy Butler's getting a night off tonight against Cleveland. Uh, He injured his foot, apparently, you know, not severely against Indiana, missed the final couple of minutes, and they're going to rest him tonight. Uh, And by the way, I I know this, this podcast will not hit the airwaves until tomorrow, being Wednesday, but... We're doing another fan cred thing tonight. You got to keep uh, keep your eye on that. I got so much stuff to promote. I don't even know if I can talk about any sports because, uh, and that's really why I've been absent for the past couple of weeks. Is I've been really sort of putting together, uh, you know, my career here. Re- you know, restarting some things, some a lot of exciting news. I told you a couple of weeks ago that it, you know, things were starting to gel, and now we're getting a lot more clearer picture as to what's going on. And uh, so I can tell you this: April first. It's not an April Fool's joke, but uh, I will be starting the show with Shander, Aton Shander, at Shander Show on Twitter. We start on 97.3 ESPN, and that's uh, South Jersey, uh, primarily out of the Atlantic City uh, area. But never mind that. It doesn't matter about the air signal. We're doing the app. It's an app world now, man. If you don't have the app, you're out. So download the 97.3 ESPN app, and you can listen to me and Shander wherever you are. doesn't matter. From noon to 2, noon to 2, Monday through Friday. We're going to lead right into Mike Gill's show and the Sports Bash. So I'm really excited about that. Anxious to get back on the microphone daily, especially with, uh, with Shander, who just, you know, sort of, he knows how to push my buttons. I know how to push his buttons. And it's just going to be, 
a good show. I can just tell you it's going to be good radio. Uh, you know, we're not going to have really any parameters as far as what we're able to talk about, which really excites me. Um, you know, if there's not something pressing with the Eagles that day, we're not going to touch on the Eagles. You know, we're not going to try to force square pegs into round holes, which a lot of times in radio you're asked to do, you're required to do on a daily basis. Because if you're not talking about, uh, you're not playing a hits, uh, you know, program directors get all panicky uh, that they think nobody's listening. So we're going to talk about whatever's relevant, whether it's Philadelphia sports, whether it's something else, whether it's pop culture, we're going to hit it all. So that's going to start on April the 1st. It's going to be called Maze and Aton on 97.3 ESPN. And I said, download the app, do it today. And uh, you can listen to us anywhere. We're going to have some regular uh, live show uh, remotes and appearances in the Philadelphia area. So, uh, you know, we're going to be doing this from the Conshohocken area in our studios, either his or mine. Uh, we're not going to have to schlep down to Atlantic City on a daily basis. So it's going to be really cool, and I'm excited as hell about it. And that starts April 1st. Now, the other thing I mentioned to you about the fan cred, I'm doing that each and every week with Shander. We get a game a week, and once the playoffs start, we'll probably be doing, I hope, uh, every game, you know, because you'll you'll have multiple games in a week in a playoff series. And that's starting to take shape now. You really look at what the Sixers are doing. I want them to avoid the Boston Celtics in the first round, whatever happens. I don't want a 4-5 matchup with Boston because I'm afraid of Brett Brown uh, getting his, his rear end out coached again, even though the roster starting lineup-wise is much, much better uh, than they were last year. I still don't think Brett Brown matches wits um, with the Boston coach, Brad Stevens. So I want to avoid Boston. Let's pick up the Brooklyn Nets in the first round, a little 3-6 action, and then we'll go after, uh, you know, we'll go after the uh, Toronto Raptors. I'll take my chances with the Raptors, okay? But I, I just want to avoid Boston uh, in the first round. That's the only thing I'm really kind of worried about here. I want to see this team, you know, start to gel. They still look disjointed as an offensive unit. Uh, a lot of times I put a lot of the blame on the coach, as do a lot of people. He's got to figure this out. And I would have thought by now they would look a little better, a little bit more cohesive and co consistently cohesive. It, it's been very disjointed. Now, of course, you had Embiid out for uh, you know a week, week and a half, whatever, whatever it's been now. And they don't look the same, obviously, without him. But still, I just think there's there's just parts. Everybody wants to say, well, this guy doesn't fit. I don't, you know, I'm not there yet. I still want to see over these next couple of, of games. They've got, what, 15, 14, 15 games to go. After tonight's game against Cleveland, they'll have 14 games to go uh, to figure that out. The other uh, thing that I always look to, and I know a lot of people say I'm too hard on him, but it's Ben. Ben Simmons at the point is is really starting to frustrate me. And it has it has more to do than just his unwillingness to shoot a jump shot. I saw a stat the other day, and I hope I get this right. He sh has shot only 19 attempts from beyond 15 feet. I'm not talking three-pointers. He hasn't made a three-pointer in his career. But he's one for 19, I believe, in shots from 15 feet to 20 feet. Something like that. I saw some crazy stat on ESPN or ABC on Saturday, and it was eye-popping. 
And, you know, that's a whole other issue. But the other thing is this this whole having him bring the ball up and basically doing like a, you know, dribbling the ball 60 some odd feet to give a handoff to somebody. And then he goes on, you know, on the opposite side of the court and kind of hangs out like that to me is not offense like that. To me, they have they have they struggle to get into their sets because of him. And, you know, people say, oh, Harry, you know nothing about basketball. This is just what I see. And, you know, that to me is, is on the coach. It's also on the player. But there's, there's some frustrating aspects of the Sixers, even though they've been super exciting. And I'm really pumped for the playoffs. Uh, so there's the Sixers. I'm hoping for the 3-6 matchup against the Nets. Uh, Flyers have 13 to go. They're only three points out. You know, they've had 37 games now with this uh, interim coach, Scott Gordon. And they've gone 21-12-4, the old uh, overtime loss of four. But they've picked up, in essence, they've had points in 25 of those 37 games. That's pretty good. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to have to start, you know, paying attention to the Flyers. I know I've had a joke with Jason, and I still do. Nobody cares about hockey, Jason. I actually do care about hockey. It's just that I will dip in and out on hockey, as I did with baseball. When the Phillies, you know, have stunk for the last couple of seasons, I got to be honest with you, I, I'm out. I do other things in the summertime. You know, if it's if it's there's nothing else going on and it's just you know a slow Tuesday night in the middle of July, okay, I'll watch some of the Phillies. You know, back when they were you know had really nothing going on except Reese Hoskins and every fifth night Aaron Nola. But right now. The big news while I was away and I was spent some time down in Florida and it took some time off of the podcast, this Bryce Harper thing, I buried the lead. But a rock star has come to Philadelphia. And this is something that, you know, we were pointing to this offseason and, and, and the, you know, the big free agents, Machado, Harper, uh, who would be available. And I said that the Phillies, you know, if, if, if Middleton wants to be the man and he wants to put this team back on the map, you know, in a sport that has become super regionalized now, where there's, there's you know, the, the national uh, attention is drifting away from baseball. If you want to grab some eyeballs, you go get one of these guys. And to me, I would I said, you know, I, overall, I kind of like Machado as, a, as an overall player because I like putting him, you know, being able to put him at shortstop. You know, but then the Phillies went out and they did the deal for Seguro, so that kind of took him out of that, where he would have played third base. Um, but now you look at Harper. You put Harper in a corner spot in this outfield, in this ballpark, and he re- he sets the whole lineup up. Him, Hoskins, you know, you go get Real Muto, which is a great pickup. Uh, you know, they got McCutcheon, a nice veteran player who still has, who still has something left in my view. Uh, you sign Nola. You're going to move Hoskins to his correct position at first base. And this team is now starting to look like a, a playoff type of team. You know, I know the over-under is somewhere around 89. You win 89 games, you're in the playoffs, whether it be a wild card or you're winning a division. But this now, they now have a rock star on the team. There's a reason to go to the ballpark every night. There's a reason to turn on the team and watch a couple innings of, of Phillies baseball now every night. So props to them for finally getting it done. It was one of the most frustrating uh, things as far as watching this play out day after day and hour upon hour as, as the days grew closer. And, and that really started to amp up after Machado signed with the Padres. But you're like... 
you're, you're just wondering, like, are these national baseball writers just putting stuff out there because they feel the need to tweet and they feel the need to get, you know, keep their name and, and, and or their publication, you know, out there in the, in the Twitter sphere? Do they really have something? Are these real? You know, how real are these rumors? It's got to be so frustrating that me as a fan, I just sort of sat back and I didn't get too invested in it. I want to wait until, you know, it was actually done. And if they got him, you know, I, I did cartwheels in the street in Florida when it happened. It's, it's great. 13 years, $330 million. You know, it's, a, it's an absolute obscene amount of money. But that is modern sports. You just got to, you can't let that bother you as a fan. You just can't. He's here. He's going to be here for the rest of his baseball life, which I think is pretty fucking cool. That the guy didn't want any, you know, opt-out, uh, you know, clauses. He didn't want the ability to, you know, to say, hey, after three years, I don't like what I'm seeing here in Philly. I'm, I'm going to opt out. I'm going to go somewhere else. He didn't do the NBA deal, which I like, and I'm surprised. He also has a full no trade. He wants to be here, and that is something that, you know, we always speculate in Philadelphia. We're always so, uh, so obsessed with whether a player can handle Philadelphia, whether a player wants to be here. And we look for any real reason to say, oh, you know what? Screw him. Stay in Washington, you bum. You don't want to be, you don't want to be here in Philadelphia? F you. Like we look, we just love doing that or looking for the opportunity to do it. That's not the case here, man. This guy wants to be a Philly. I think he, he fits perfectly with this town. I really do. He knows they're going to get on him if he underperforms or if he does something stupid. He gets it. And I think this this is the kind of guy who kind of relishes uh, being the antagonist. You know, being the guy that, you know, is going to get ripped and, you know, uh, you know, had batteries thrown at him in, in a, you know, in a, in a visiting ballpark. I think he kind of gets that and he kind of likes it. So this, he's going to be able to deflect all the attention from some of these younger players that they have on this team, you know, that are still trying to find their way. And, you know, he's going to take it. So that part about it, I love. I love him in this ballpark. I think he could hit 40, 45, 50 home runs. And, and why not? You've got a ballpark that is specific, uh, spe- specifically designed for, for mashing. So go put together a lineup that's going to mash. Go score six, seven, eight runs a night. You know, I know pitching is a premium when you get to the playoffs. They've got a great player uh, in Aaron Nola. They, they extended him, so that's out of the way for now. You know, you got Arietta, who now has a full spring training instead of out there waiting to see whether he's where he was going to be signed like we had last year. I'm anticipating a better year out of him. Do they go get a Dallas Keuchel, who is still out there? I mean, that would be a pretty nice uh, top end of the rotation if you had, uh, you know, Nola, Keuchel, Arietta, for example. So, you know, or do you build up the bullpen? I mean, you know, a lot of times now, you know, teams are, they get into their bullpen so early and, you know, this, uh, you know, the, the managers uh, with analytics, you know, are starting games with their bullpen. So do you just, you know, do you go get uh, Kimbrel, you know, add him with Robertson and, uh, you know, build up the back end of that bullpen and, you know, get into it every on a nightly basis, pretty much, except when you have, you know, your, your big gun or two going. I don't know. Whatever they do, they still got money to spend, and I, I don't think that they are done. But I'm very excited about the Phillies. I'm actually going to be getting down to, to a bunch of games this year, and I will definitely be, uh, be uh, watching Phillies games on a nightly basis. They've given me a reason. Now they got me. 
So baseball is back in Philadelphia. A couple years hiatus, but it is back. Now we got to get to the Eagles because we have um, we have legal tampering going on. The Eagles apparently have a deal with Malik Jackson uh, to throw into that defensive front. A lot of changes on that front. Bennett traded to New England. Uh, they 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 re-signed uh, Brandon Graham. Malik Jackson now is a guy who already has a Super Bowl ring. He got paid in in Jacksonville, had a big year in 2017 with eight and a half sacks from the defensive tackle position. He's really good. He's a pro bowler, and you put him next to Fletcher Cox, three years, $30 million. I think this is a great signing. I really do. I liked Bennett a lot. Bennett was a guy you could you could move around, primarily an end, but you could move him around. But I really like this signing. They didn't want to go forward with Bennett, and he wanted more money, and I get it. He deserves it. But he can go get it somewhere else, and he'll have a chance for a Super Bowl again. But Malik Jackson, man, I, I, I think it's a really good signing when you put him next to Fletcher Cox. Now the onus is really on Derek Barnett. Coming back from the injury in his second year, uh, you know, the injury really prevented him from really taking that next step. So this is this is a young young player that really needs to uh, step forward here, and uh, and show what he was at Tennessee in college, which was a guy who broke uh, Reggie White's sack record. I mean, he's a guy that just was, was had such tremendous leverage, could get really low and just get around the edge and get to the quarterback. He's going to have to be that player. And if he is, this is an incredible defensive front from a starting position uh, with those four guys. So I like that signing. Deshaun Jackson coming back. I'm usually not much for reunions in when it comes to sports. Uh, but this is a – there's few players in the league that can do what Deshaun Jackson does, and that's the old quote-unquote blowing the top off the defense, all right? And that's his game. He's a home run hitter, and he hits home runs against the, the Eagles and has uh, when he was in Washington and in Tampa Bay. So it's good to get him back because there's few guys in the league that can do it. Um you know, he's not a production guy. He's going to he's gonna hit you for big ones. He's not a guy that's going to obviously go out and, you know, get eight, nine, ten catches a game anymore. Uh, but I, it's an element that they need in the offense, and he's going to help other players uh, get open. I prim- primarily think they're going to do a lot of two tight ends thing, which kind of excites me. I like what I saw out of, out of Goddard in his rookie year. Ertz is fantastic. You get uh, you know Wentz back under center where he's not uh, rehabbing an injury, and you get him in a full you know mini camps where he's the guy. There's no more Foles distractions, and that's a whole other story we can get to. But I really like you know you know this offense now. I mean, my God, you think about if Deshaun you know Deshaun gets deep. Deshaun with big plays, Deshaun opening things up underneath because you got to honor him over the top uh, with two tight ends. Uh, this this could be a really nice offense. Now they got to get the running back things straightened out. I don't think it's going to be Le'Veon Bell, um, but I th- I've heard that there's two guys in the draft that they really like uh, that were at the combine. I'm trying to narrow down who that is, uh, but they they've got to secure the running back position and make it a guy that can be on be on the field, you know, for three downs. Got to be a pass catching back that can pass block and also, you know, carry the load between the tackles. He's got to be an all-purpose type of guy in my view. 
and really, you know, give this quarterback a running game that he can rely on and he can lean on when necessary. And this could be just an unbelievable offense. But they they reworked Jason Peters' deal. I still think they're whistling by the graveyard. I thought they were last year. He ended up, you know, having the nagging injury issues again. Uh, but when he's right, he is still one of the best in the league. You know, how many games can they get out of him? I can't put him down for 16. I just can't do it. Uh, I don't like Vitae as the fill-in. You know, is Malata eventually going to be available? I just very intriguing prospect in, with him, but who knows? So I'm still a little concerned with that left tackle situation with Jason Peters at this. You know, at, at his age and with all the types of injuries that he's had, he is an absolute stone cold warrior, and uh, will be wearing a uh, a gold jacket at some point. But it's going to run out. And I just hope it doesn't happen during this season. Uh, you know, they're going ahead with Sayamalu. Uh, Wisniewski's uh, hit the bricks. I thought he's a nice interchangeable player, versatile guy, good backup, good fill-in guy. But they've now hitched their wagon to their former third-round pick in Sayamalu. Still scares me a little bit. You know, Kelsey, you know, not retiring. Uh, they're going forward with him. When, you know, when, when he's healthy, he's one of the best. And uh, Brooks will be coming back off the injury, and then you got Lane Johnson. So there's still some question marks when it comes to the offensive line for me. Uh, do they bring Darby back at, def- at defensive back? Are they going to be upgrading? They'll be upgrading the safety position, I imagine, in, in some way, shape, or form, whether it's through the draft or through some um, you know moderate pickup in free agency. I don't know. But there's still some things to do uh, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. But I like what the Eagles are doing thus far in the legal tampering period, anxiously awaiting the draft. Uh, Actually, in one of my other uh, projects, you may have seen this announced the other day, it's going to be a digital platform uh, with Tony Bruno. Me and Tony Bruno will be back on the air with a digital show. Uh, Could be, uh, you know, involved, uh, we get us on SiriusXM, uh, but these these things are in the works. It's being it's in pre-production right now, and this thing is going to happen. So we got Mays and Aton starting up April first. I don't have a specific target date to start with the triggered show with Tony Bruno, but that is going to happen. Uh, you know, can always check me out on FanCred once a week. Once the playoffs comes, we imagine it'll be every game. When it comes to Sixers games, fourth quarter live. Downro- download the FanCred app. And I got a weekly uh, sports gaming column in the Philly Metro that you can catch once a week. So I put together, I pick out a game that I that I like, and uh, I give you all the analysis on it. And that appears in the Metro. Uh, we got a lot of Parks appearances coming up. Of course, Parks Casino is the place to be, uh, especially for uh, March Madness. It's going to be a very busy place, and we're going to be over there, me and Shander, are going to be over there quite a bit in the month of March. you got to come check us out. I'll give you the dates right now. First of all, Thursday, this Thursday, which is the 14th, uh, we're going to be opening up the new Valley Forge Turf Club, which is a parks property. And this is going to be a sports book over there. At the Valley Forge Turf Club, it's the the old Oaks OTB. If you've ever been over there doing some, uh, some horse wagering, that's where it is. Thursday, the 14th of March, that's two days from now, from 3 to 5, me and Shandra will be over there. Then, at Parks, we're going to be there March 17th, 
the 21st, 22nd, 23rd, the 28th, and the 29th. All right? March 17th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 28th, and 29th, all for college uh, basketball action. And uh, come over and check us out. It's a great spot. They have the temporary sports book in the, uh, in the Club 360 lounge, uh, which is great. And they are working daily on the permanent location, uh, which is just shortly, you know, it's a couple of you know, 25, 30 yards down the hallway uh, next to the, uh, the Liberty Bell Bistro. And between that and the new fabulous beer garden, if you haven't checked out the beer garden yet, you got to get over to parks, especially now as the weather's going to start getting better. We're going to, we got longer days with, uh, uh, you know, they're turning, turning the clocks ahead. There's more time to, to hang out and day drink for some college basketball coming up. Head over to parks. It is fantastic. Also check me out uh, with the, check out all the guys on branded sports at branded sports at the branded sports.com uh, and branded sports branded underscore sports on Twitter. A lot of great stuff, great content daily being put up there. Got some some great baseball stuff. Uh, you know, Rue is fantastic with all the dirty stuff. It's a great website and there's something there for everybody. So go to branded sports.com, the branded sports.com. Excuse me, the branded sports. Com. They invented the internet. All right, this is episode five, uh, the golf situation. I was actually down at the Honda Classic uh, a week or so ago in Jupiter having a blast. And this guy, Keith Mitchell, wins the tournament, sinks a big putt on 18 to avoid a playoff, and wins it outright. A uh, guy who's battled through you know, the Latin America tour, the web.com tour. He has paid his dues. Really good player out of Georgia. He wins the tournament. No more Monday qualifiers for this guy. And the Palm Beach Post the next day, Monday morning, has a big headline in the sports section with a picture of him uh, on the 18th green, and it says, No Name Champion. Shame on them. Somebody should be fired for that. That's a disgrace. All these guys, and I don't care what sport it is. I'm not playing, you know, playing favorites with golf. It's anything. These guys get to that professional level and win something, uh, you know, or a part of a team that wins something. You're going to call the guy a no-name because he's not a household name. He's, all these guys bust their ass, and there's no guarantees. And when you win, you should get respect. That guy won. He also had another good week uh, this past week at Bay Hill. He's going to be around. He's, he's got some game. He's got stones. And he showed me something at the Honda, backed it up with another good performance at Bay Hill, which was won by Francesco Malinari, who, uh, you know, of course, won the Open Championship last year, Ryder Cupper for Europe. He's a fantastic iron player. Hits the ball as straight as a string. But can this guy show me a little, little like, happiness? He just won a, a big tournament that was had a loaded field in it. He played lights out in the final round. And you, he would act like, you know, he's just getting ready to go take a nap. Francesco, I don't know who your agent is, but we need to, he needs to get to you and start. To, I don't know if he needs to stand next to you on the podium and pinch your ass to get something out of you, but you are boring, my friend. And I can't stand boring. You're a great player, but you're boring as hell. Now, this week we got the players, uh, which is back in March. Uh, I'm really looking at a lot of guys here. I, I do a uh, uh, sort of a knockout, not a knockout tournament, a survivor-type pool 
I'm in, which I actually won last year. Uh, but I'm looking at a couple guys. Shoffley, I'm, I'm thinking may, uh, I may go with Xander Shoffley. He's a fantastic iron player. Finished second last year in this tournament. Uh, Sergio Garcia has won there. He's also got a couple of uh, other top 10 finishes. Kevin Kisner played well at Bay Hill. He hits good irons. He's a tough player, likes Bermuda grass. Kucher has won there before. He's ha- having a great year uh, when he's not stiff and caddies. He actually made that right, so I should back off. But, you know, Kuchar uh, is another guy who plays really well uh, at uh, Sawgrass. Billy Horschel and F- Tommy Fleetwood, too, who had a good week at Bay Hill. I'm tossing around all those names. I will pick one of them. I think I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. Uh, but those are just some names if you're in, involved in, uh, you know, like DraftKings, uh, Fantasy, any type of thing, or some other guys you might want to put a wager on, uh, you know, at, uh, at Parks Casino for all, for all I care. Do it over there, man. Uh, some good names, some guys that play well, and they, they like that golf course. It's a funky golf course, uh, but it makes for great viewing down the stretch for fans. And these guys have either won on it or performed at a very high level on it. So I, I, I'm a big horse for course guys, are, are the guys I like. Horses for courses. Guys that play well at certain spots really get my attention. And, and a lot of these guys are playing well coming in, too. So they're in good form, as they like to say. So that's enough on the golf. Again, come out and see us at Parks. Download the FanCred app. Get involved in fourth quarter live with the Sixers games. Uh, Download the 97.3 ESPN app for me and Shander starting April 1st. It's not an April Fool's joke. And, of course, look for me and Bruno on a digital platform in the very, very near future all right that's episode five at amaze cast i promise i won't uh, wait so long to get back i just needed a couple of weeks uh to sort of get my head together i was on a load management and uh i am back as we are in march madness we got football uh with the free agency and heading into the draft so there's a lot of stuff going on baseball starting up with a rock star uh you know at one of your corner outfield spots so things are good playoffs for the Sixers and Flyers. Maybe, maybe the Flyers make the playoffs. I don't know. But there's a lot to talk about and I will be back for an episode six before you know it. We'll be right back.